Ah, and we are live! Welcome back to Takes by Fans. We have a great show for you today. As always, we are live every single day at noon Eastern. If you want to watch live, head over to twitch.tv slash takesbyfans. If you want to watch but not live, head over to our YouTube channel, Takes by Fans. We post all of our shows and clips of the show there on a daily basis. And if you just want to listen, we are on podcasting apps, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Folks, however you want to watch or listen... We've got you covered in multiple ways. Folks, folks, the day is finally here. We've been talking every single day for the last what five months, six months about the NFL season, and it has all led up to this moment. Chiefs, Bucks, Brady. Mahomes. I mean, folks, we will be talking about narratives based on this game for the rest of our lives, folks. This game holds so much weight. Well, it's going to hold so much weight in the totality of the GOAT argument. We have a potential GOAT matchup. I mean, unfortunately, we never got LeBron and Kobe in a finals. We never got... um, we never got Brady and Rodgers in a Super Bowl. We just got them in, in an NFC Championship game, and that was pretty good. Um, unfortunately, Aaron Rodgers kind of quacked out a little bit in the fir- in the second half. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, we never got, you know, the big games of GOAT going against GOAT in a Super Bowl, but now we kind of have it. Not goats at the same time, but goats in different kind of generations, goats at different times. We've got the current goat right now, Tom Brady. I think it's undisputed. He is the current goat right now. He just got to his 10th Super Bowl and he's already won six. He's going for seven. And we have the new school goat who, in four years of starting, has already gotten to two Super Bowls, won one, and, you know, going, you know, 15 and one in the season. Basically, they didn't play week 17. Going like 15 and 1, only losing one game, not throwing all these interceptions, leading the team, being an extreme talent, being kind of revolutionizing the quarterback position. We see Lamar Jackson emerging, Deshaun Watson emerging, even though Deshaun Watson, I think, came before Patrick Mahomes. But I mean, we've got great talent here, great goats to talk about, and narratives will be written based on what happens today. So, folks, we will be witnessing history. Hopefully, it's a great game. Hopefully, it comes down to the wire. Hopefully, we don't see any bad quarterback play. As much as, you know, we've been kind of not really clowning Brady. We call him 50-50 Brady. We call him a lot of pick Brady. But, you know, I do still want to see a clean game. I want to see no turnovers. I want to see a decently high-scoring game. I still want to see good defense. I don't want it to be a blowout. But I want to see great quarterbacks going at it, giving it their all, and see who prevails, who comes out on top, who took the most advantage of this two-week period. Because, I mean, we've got some great coaches, even Bruce Arians. I mean, we all know him. He's great. He was working with, you know... Uh, Um, Jameis Winston, you know, trying to get as much as he could out of him. And it still only got to like nine and seven, eight and eight. But, you know, making up for those 30 interceptions is something you've got to give credit for, truthfully, folks. And we all know Andy Reid. I mean, off of a bye, he's like 26 and five. Like with that extra time, the man knows how to coach. The man knows what to look for. The man knows what to change and what to expose on the other team. So, folks, we've got this one. I mean, folks, like even last season last year's Super Bowl the Chiefs and 49ers yeah that game was good but still I mean the 49ers they didn't have this GOAT status that you know Tom Brady is entering this Super Bowl with so it's gonna be a great one I cannot wait it is currently 10 a.m eastern time here so I I don't even know when when is kickoff for the Super Bowl 6 30 I don't even know Um, I just know it's all day 
That's all I care about. <laughs> I don't care what time they kick off. Just I will be watching all day. Um, can we quickly get the time up? Possibly not. I'm going to say 630. That sounded right to me. Oh, well, who cares? Does anybody really care? You'll you'll know when it's on, folks, I'm sure. Uh, isn't there like you know, a warning, an alarm that goes off nationally somewhere uh, when it starts? Um, but, yeah, so we're going to be breaking down all the lines. We're going to be kind of going heavy into the Super Bowl lines. How can we make some money? Is there any hidden value anywhere? We're going to be looking, obviously, at the line, making our official pick. A lot of prop bets, points by team in the first half. What's Tyreek's uh, yards going to be at? Because we may be taking that, folks. Uh, we've been talking about him all season. We've been talking um, him a lot these last four days, rewatching the Week 12 matchup. So we're going to get deep into the, some of these prop bets here to tell you all how to make the most money and to squeeze as much juice out of this Super Bowl as you can. So uh, that's kind of what we got on the show today. Kind of skipping a little bit of the basketball. We'll quickly review. We're not going to go deep into the into the stats or do an NBA moneymaker today, unfortunately. Today's all about the Super Bowl, folks. That's the only thing I care about today. I could honestly care less about the basketball today. It's, you know, not even after the All-Star break. So why we do we even really care too much about these games, right? Uh, so we'll be quickly, quickly going over the NBA. But we still got a lot of stories to talk about because the NFL honors happened last night. So uh, let's kind of start breaking some of these stories down so we can get a little bit deeper into the Super Bowl, folks. Why you guys are all here today. Um, Alrighty, so here we go. This is kind of big. This is huge. Buccaneers safety. Jordan Whitehead is expected to play with a fully torn labrum. Everybody expected him to be sidelined with this injury, but he's like, you know what? I'm going to go. I don't care if my shoulder pops off. I do not care. Um, you know, I will go with one arm for the rest of my life if it means I can play and try to help my team out for the Super Bowl. So I give this man a lot of respect and a lot of credit. Um, it's going to be tough chasing uh, Tyreek kill around with a torn labrum I will say that but uh you know Jordan Whitehead he's gonna have to try his best because we know number 24 Davis cannot cover Tyreek Hill single singly which nobody can but especially number 24 Davis uh on the Bucks. so we'll see how uh Jordan Whitehead performs he may not even be out in the on the field a lot because I mean if this injury is impacting his play Todd Bowles Bruce Arians they will get this man out of there they got no time to play around I mean you really can't make any mistakes against the Chiefs or you better hope that they kind of make the same amount of mistakes that they make not mistakes so they kind of cancel each other out. Uh, but, uh, yeah, this is going to be tough, man. Jordan Whitehead, you better hope you've got some good game plan to cover Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey or they're just going to eat you all day like they did in the first meeting. But mm. Alrighty. Eagles are expected to trade Carson Wentz in the upcoming days, and I'm hearing from my sources that he's going to go to the Bears. And I see a lot of angry Bears fans, and I don't really understand why. I guess I do understand why, you know, maybe just from the optics of, you know, you being a Bears fan, not really too invested in the Eagles. You know, he always gets injured, and that's 100% accurate, and that's a 100% great kind of critique of Carson Wentz that I don't think anybody can dispute. The man cannot stay healthy, and when he does, uh, he finally has a good season, and he gets to the playoff season injured first quarter of that playoff game. It is one of the most unfortunate things I've ever seen, but this is the big deal about him. He is injury prone, but he does also not really throw a lot of interceptions. I mean, in his peak career, do I even have this up still? Is this him? 
No, this is Jay Gruden. Oh my goodness! Why did I have to see this again? I mean, I, uh, oh my, I swear to God, uh, Jay Gruden. If Tony Romo is off a sliver announcing today, I'm coming for you. I'm coming right for you um, because you know your quotes last night, yesterday were so unnecessary. And if Tony Romo read them and is taking them to heart, which I hope he's not, because Jay Gruden has zero, zero. He touches Tony Romo zero in in everything, in everything, in greatness and likeliness and. Um, able to play in the league or coach in the league. He, Jay Gruden does not even come close. They're not even in the same universe as each other. So Tony Romo, listen to me. Listen to Takes by Fans. We got your back here, baby. If you you want me to get Jay Gruden for you, just say the word and I'll go get him for you. I, I'll get the man for you. So Tony Romo, just take it easy. Keep doing what you're doing. We love it. We love it. The fans love it. I especially love it. So Tony Romo, Keep predicting the plays um, and even get them wrong on purpose just to spite Jay Gruden. Um, so that's that. But let's get back to here with Carson Wentz. Um, I think he's fine. I think he's a real solid starter. I think he's definitely an upgrade from what the Bears have currently. Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles, both of them cannot play. Uh, Carson Wentz, I think he's a true kind of leader on the field. Um, and that, um, man, let's not get to that point yet. But, um, yes, he can't stay healthy. He's good. He doesn't really throw interceptions. Yes, this year was a really off year by him. It surprised me. I, this is an outlier year. I do not think this is who he is truly at the quarterback position. I think he's at, like, 15 touchdowns this season and 16 in Interceptions, that's totally not even close to being good. Not even one-to-one. I don't think I've ever seen that in my entire history of watching sports, honestly. Um, that's not a starter quarterback that doesn't throw one-to-one. Uh, touchdown to interception ratio. Um, so I think Carson Wentz is decent. In his two really good years, he threw like seven interceptions, 27 and like 21 touchdowns. So, I mean, we're talking three to one touchdown interception ratio, which is real good. That's exactly where we want you to be. So, Carson Wentz, I think he can play. I think he can elevate this Bears team. I think Matt Nagy can do fine with Carson Wentz. I think the Bears have decent receivers, something that, you know, Carson Wentz is already kind of working with. He's never had a great wide receiver. Um, Everybody kind of clowns the Eagles for their wide receiver choices. So, Bears fans, I think you guys need to relax a little bit. I think Carson Wentz is fine. He will be an improvement to your organization. I do still see a lot of Bears fans that actually like Mitch Trubisky for some reason. Mm, so you're you're already wrong at that. You're already wrong. I don't want to call fans wrong, but if you're rooting for Mitch Trubisky and still think he's good, I think you're wrong, unfortunately. So Carson Wentz to the Bears. That's what we're calling. That's what we're seeing. And now we're seeing, you know, he's going to be traded in the coming days, probably after the Super Bowl. Once all that has cleared, he will be out of there because Jalen Hurts is going to be the Cardinal or the Eagles guy. Um, and then we get this. And I think this should give, you know, Bears fans a sense of, you know, security here. So here it is. Former Eagles players told me, quote, Doug wasn't the problem. Doug Peterson, they got rid of him. He was not the problem. Carson Wentz is not the problem who they will be trading. The problem is still there. And they mean the owner, Howie Roseman. Um, you know, we've been, I've been seeing this a lot. I can't, um, you know, speak personally on this. I really don't know why he's this bad of a GM just because he gets rid of all the talent or doesn't get talent or doesn't draft talent or something like that. Then yes, I would agree with that. But uh, I do hear a lot that Howie Roseman isn't really not the guy. So unfortunately, um, you know, the Eagles, the, it's at the top and, you know, the top never fires the top because they're the top. They don't get rid of themselves. Right. So unfortunate for the Eagles here. It seems like they have a problem that is unfixable right now. As soon as they got rid of Doug Peterson, we knew that, you know, something wonky was going on in Philadelphia because Doug Peterson truly does not 
deserve to not be a head coach in this league. He's fine. He's got to the court. He's got to the Super Bowl. He's had to work with a quarterback that's been inconsistently not playing. He's had to work with a backup quarterback that got to the Super Bowl and won a Super Bowl. And I mean, folks, we're talking about a four-year stretch of Doug Peterson being great and now he's awful and then he gets fired. It's kind of a little unfair. So I do kind of agree that now Howie Roseman's the problem since he's getting rid of everybody but himself, not looking at the mirror, not seeing what's actually wrong with this team and getting rid of the talent. So unfortunate here for the Eagles. Um, Alrighty, what else do we got here? More quarterback news. Multiple teams have reached out to the Jets and inquired about trading for Sam Darnold. Now the Jets can do this. They have the number two pick. They can try and get a quarterback if that's what they want to do, or they try to build with Sam Darnold. Um, you know, we know that the Jets were kind of heavy trying to get Deshaun Watson, but then we get this article right here that the Texans are standing firm on Deshaun Watson saying the goal is to get him back, period. They do not want to let this man go, and I completely understand I mean this is a superstar talent I mean we're talking about Mahomes level talent that can be obviously he's probably not going to be as good as Mahomes is maybe a maybe a step a step and a half or not even a step and a half a half a step or a step back from Patrick Mahomes but Deshaun Watson can still play folks he led the league in passing yards this season he went under the radar because the Texans are just so trash defensively and they can't run the ball to save their lives either even though they got a good running back so it's really all Deshaun Watson He's put up all the points. He made all the games competitive. And unfortunately, uh, you know, the Texans are still wanting to keep him because uh, they, I mean, you're going to let one of the best players walk out. I mean, you're whatever, whoever you get, whether you draft or trade uh, straight up for quarterbacks, you're not going to get anywhere near the talent of Deshaun Watson. I mean, Trevor Lawrence is probably the closest talent, but even, even at that point, I'm still taking Deshaun Watson over Trevor Lawrence. And really, any quarterback in the league that's not Patrick Mahomes, I'm taking Deshaun Watson over as well. Uh, so it's unfortunate that uh, the Texans are not going to want to let him go. He's already kind of signed the extension, so he's, he's, he's locked up there. It's really whether they trade him or not so don't think he's going to go to the Jets so now I think the Jets are probably going to keep Sam Darnold but uh, we'll see what happens it's going to be interesting after you know probably a week after the Super Bowl after that the dust has settled from that maybe give it to like Thursday Friday more news about quarterback swaps are going to be coming in there uh, there's going to be a lot I think there's going to be a lot I mean we already got one straight up quarterback swap for swap yes some draft picks in at Matt Stafford for Jared Goff and that's something we really don't see so expect I do expect a little bit more of that Alrighty, the awards were last night, and a lot of people were angry on Twitter. I mean, we had J.J. Watt and T.J. Watt chiming in about how T.J. Watt got robbed by Aaron Donald. We had people saying that Big Ben getting two votes for Comeback Player of the Year was wild. That they that those people that voted for him should not allow should not be allowed to vote for some reason. I mean, folks, yes, Big Ben was obviously not the clear cut back, you know, hands down um, Comeback Player of the Year. But did you see what? he did I mean he was playing great actually for not for missing the entire year last year at his age at you know what he is you know olding or aging out quarterback here of this league so a lot of strong opinions there on Twitter last night 
which is to be expected. It's Twitter. Um, but here we go. Let's uh, kind of go through these. We'll talk about them quickly. Um, offensive Rookie of the Year. I mean, this was our pick as well, Justin Herbert. This man had an incredible season and an incredible season for a quarterback nonetheless, which is truly impressive. Unfortunately, it didn't lead to a lot of wins because, he. I mean, his play really kind of deserved a playoff spot, honestly, even though the AFC was truly stacked with talent this year. The Dolphins couldn't even get in. Uh, the Chargers, they had some real good games. Justin Herbert's arms looking great. This man's going to be at least a 10 to 15 year uh, solid quarterback in this league who could potentially get to the Super Bowl. Now, can he win it? I mean, he's only played one year, but I'm giving, I'm saying he can win it. He's got the ability to win a Super Bowl, but obviously we're going to have to see him get there first and how he does in the playoffs and all that. But Great first year for Justin Herbert. True stud here. Chargers, you got a good one, and he's going to continue to get it even better. And his rookie season was full of records, folks. I think he broke Baker Mayfield's like passing yards and passing touchdown uh, records. So this man is the real deal. Alrighty, we got Defensive Rookie of the Year, and once again, we agree 100%. Chase Young, folks, he was a captain as a rookie on the defensive end, helped lead this Washington team to a Jay Gruden-led, you know, trash team. Yes, Jay Gruden, we're bringing you back up. How does that feel, people, you know, slandering you? Feel good, Jay? Huh? Huh? Is it worth it? Was it worth going after the GOAT, Tony Go Tony Romo? I don't think so. Um, so, you know, Chase Young, not there with Jay Gruden's trash Washington team, uh, Ron Rivera coming comes in, Chase Young steps it up himself, he energizes the entire team, he's a true leader, we see him mic'd up, we, we even kind of watch some of his mic'd up stuff, even when Taylor Heineke came in, he was a big fan of Taylor Heineke, getting, you know, kind of um, boosting him up a little bit, and just his play overall on the field, he's just a true disturbance, you really can't guard him either, so Chase Young, huge, great fit here for Washington, he's going to be a great one, Washington, you got a great one, and uh, Chase Young, captain this year, earned his way up, worked his way up, and uh, he played absolutely fantastic this year. So great things to come for this Washington team. Well-deserved defensive rookie of the year for Chase Young, and we agree 100%. Alrighty, Defensive Player of the Year, and kind of we agree as well. Uh, Aaron Donald over T.J. Watt, those were kind of the two going for it. Um, J.J. Watt kind of chimed in his opinion, saying that T.J. Watt should have won, brotherly love, whatever. Uh, but yeah, I think they kind of got it right here with Aaron Donald. I mean, folks, you have to triple-team this man. You don't really have to triple-team T.J. Watt um, you know, every single play, but you do have to do this for Aaron Donald, and he's playing in a very tough you know, conference of the NFC. The NFC is a little bit tougher than the AFC folks I mean do you know the Seattle that Seattle division going against the Rams and who else do they got there the Cardinals that in the same division and the 49ers is that all one division so I mean it's just it's so much talent there so many great defensive players so many you know great offensive running players in the NFC that can just escape and get away and Aaron Donald has to go and chase you know after Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson and all that just to try and get a sack so I mean great talent there in the in the NFC and Aaron Donald was still re wrecking havoc on every single offense offensive line so shout out to Aaron Donald I think he's three time now defensive player of the year just absolutely magnificent a handful you can't guard him single-handedly he's like Tyreek Hill if you only put one man on him you're going to lose absolutely so fantastic win for Aaron Donald and I kind of agree I do like TJ Watt don't get me wrong but I think I take Aaron Donald over him an outside edge rusher over you know an interior you know kind of defensive lineman uh, so we'll take uh, Aaron Donald 
as defensive player of the year and all right let's go to offensive player of the year and i'm so glad this man won this is hands down the greatest running back in the last 10 years of the nfl at least i can go back more probably i'm just going to cut it off at la the last 10 years and he's also you know the best running back in the league currently right now he has been for the last two years 2,000 yards this season very very well done single-handedly you know he is the offense of the titans yes ryan Tannehill is decent but everything works because of the run. That's why Ryan Tannehill cannot single-handedly pass his way to a victory there in Tennessee. It's really all just set up by Derrick Henry. So, love everything about this man winning Offensive Player of the Year. Uh, he could, he should have had a chance at winning MVP, but it's just turned into a quarterback award, unfortunately. And I'm not knocking the award, but that's what it is. Whoever's the greatest, whoever's the best quarterback in the season, they win the MVP, which I don't like. I don't, I don't love, and I really don't like it. Uh, but hey, if you're gonna give. Derrick Henry, the Offensive Player of the Year. I guess I can forgive you guys not giving him MVP, but what a stud. He's the best running back, hands down. I don't want to hear it. There is no debate. Delvin Cook is not better than him. Le'Veon Bell, Mikko, or Chad, Clyde Edwards-Hilar is not better than him. Ronald Jones is not better than him. Leonard Fournette is not better than him. Aaron Jones is not better than him. Nobody is better than King, the King himself, King Henry, Derrick Henry, folks. There he is. Def Offensive Player of the Year. I love everything about it. Truly, truly, truly deserved. Truly deserved. Alrighty, Coach of the Year. Alright, this one um, caught me by surprise a little bit. I thought they were going to go with either Sean McDermott or kind of Brian Flores. You know, mm -hmm. uh, But hey, Kevin Stefanski I think is a great choice as well. I'm not going to disagree with it. I mean, I agree. He, this man elevated this Browns team, something that no other coach has been able to do. He's been able to um, elevate Baker Mayfield, which once again, nobody has been able to do. He's already had, what, three head coaches and a lot of offensive coordinators and nothing works. Kevin Stefanski's first year, they got to the playoffs winning multiple games they won 11 games this season absolutely fantastic yes they didn't win the division the Steelers had a great run then they floundered but they were better than the Steelers at the end of the season and I think we all saw that so very well done to Kevin Stefanski. Shout out to Sean McDermott. He ended up scoring second. I think he had seven votes. And Brian Flores finished third with six votes. So uh, great top three coach of the year candidates. All really deserved it in their own way. I mean, Sean McDermott getting, um, you know, the Bills to the first AFC, you know, East championship leading them to a 13 and 3 season basically 14 and 2 without the Hale Murray and you know they won a playoff game they won two playoff games they got to the AFC championship game so maybe the voting was a little bit wrong here i understand it's not a postseason award so it's all regular season but once again well deserved by Kevin Stefanski um, and Brian Flores dealing with the whole you know to uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick situation i think he handled that the best he could honestly um, actually handled it even better than i thought he would honestly from going you know from actually you know playing to uh, but then going back to Ryan Fitzpatrick, I think that took a lot of guts and I kind of respect it a lot. Give your best chance to win the game right now. If you have to pull two, you got to pull two and it works. I mean, folks, we, you know, coaches make tough decisions and they're trying to do what's best for the team, not trying to not hurt somebody's feelings, a player's feelings. So very well done by Brian Flores and then putting two right back in the next game. That's exactly how you handle the situation. And I really loved it. So three great coaches here. All will be fantastic for the next, you know, solid five, 10 years. Hopefully. Hopefully, I'm assuming, uh, but well done to Kevin Stefanski for actually winning the award. Truly deserved what he did. That gi that giant step that the Browns took. I mean, it's all Kevin Stefanski. He was the one calling the plays. He was the ones, you know, you know, rank, you know, handling the offense, not letting it, you know, be the Baker Mayfield show. We've got great running backs. Let's use them a lot more. So very well done to Kevin Stefanski.
I will say the one knock, we'll leave it here. Remember that game that he couldn't coach because of COVID and, you know, the backup coach won it? We'll just leave it there, though. We'll leave it there. So maybe Sean McDermott should have won. But, hey, right, right. we didn't vote, so. All righty, comeback play of the year, and it's Alex Smith. And, I mean, folks, obviously, right? I mean, it's got to be this man. He was out of the league for, what, two and a half seasons, three seasons, because his leg was messed up bad, bad, big bad. So bad he had to, like, relearn to walk bad. Um, there's a whole documentary on it. I'm sure you've seen it or heard about it or saw clips of it. It's kind of everywhere now. And, um, you know, great story. Um, I'm not a big fan of stories, but it was a great story. Um, and so we definitely give this man, you know, props. I don't think he's kind of at a good level now, unfortunately. I think he's kind of done in this league. I don't think he really can do anything else. I think, you know, him just playing in Washington, a little bit of a bond there between him and Ron Rivera, maybe a little bit. But, um, you know, great story. He played great. Well, he played decent in the games that he got in, won a couple of games, so let's applaud that. Uh, but definitely comeback player of the year. Um, and like I said, Big Ben definitely deserved, you know, some recognition. I'm glad that he got some votes because, you know, you know, just because, you know, he wasn't injured as bad as Alex Smith was, his kind of play was kind of a little bit better than Alex Smith's was so you can kind of juggle those however you want but um, truly deserved for Alex Smith here very well done great story inspirational um, you know never giving up truly truly never give up honestly um, and that's a true message to anybody out there never give up and Alex Smith is the epitome of that so Alrighty, and then the award, the big one, the big dog, the MVP, and uh, I think they got it right here with Aaron Rodgers, so very well done, Aaron Rodgers, 51 total touchdowns, 4,300 yards, 70, 70, you can round it up to 70 point, or 71, and we will, it's 70.7, so we will round it up to 71, I mean, it's just absolutely fantastic, I think that's the highest completion percentage he's ever finished with, which, I mean, honestly, it's incredible, what the quarterbacks have been doing this year, even Josh Allen, he threw like 69%, which is honestly just mind-blowing. Um, so very well done to Aaron Rodgers. It's just a little tarnished because of AFC, that NFC championship performance, not scoring in the red zone in the fourth quarter when you're you know, trying to win the game and close out the game. It kind of left a little sour taste in my mouth. Now I understand it's regular season awards. That's why he deserved to win it. Um, but, uh, yeah, um, that NFC championship game, man. I really wanted to be talking about Aaron Rodgers in the Super Bowl right now. Would have loved to see Aaron Rodgers versus Patrick Mahomes. How does that shake up? Because we've seen Tom Brady versus Patrick Mahomes um, twice. Twice now. Um, is it twice? No, only once. Only once in the playoffs, in playoff scenarios. Um, so, I uh, would have loved to see what Aaron Rodgers was able to do. If he was able to get another ring, we could have really talked about him as GOAT status. But really, in the head-to-head matchup, losing to Brady, I don't really know if there's an argument, a path for the greatest of all time for Aaron Rodgers anymore. This MVP will definitely help it a little bit. But when you look at the totality of the season and how it ended, unfortunately, if you dig a little bit deeper into the stats, it's going to kind of cancel out. So, uh, great win for Aaron Rodgers well deserved I think he definitely deserved it you could have made the argument for Josh Allen and it's a decent argument I don't think it's a great argument um, I really think Stephon Diggs helped his game out a little bit more I don't really think you know Aaron Rodgers kind of relied on a wide receiver to kind of get all of his stats and I'm not knocking Josh Allen I'm truly not he's fantastic even you know you still have to deliver great balls to kind of wide open receivers and Stephon Diggs can get wide open whenever he wants because that's kind of his game and Josh Allen was putting it 
on the money every single time. So I'm not knocking Josh Allen. I just think if we're going to take everything into account here, uh, you know, wins, touchdowns, interception, completion percentage, yards, team, receivers, how well y'all did, you know, totality of the team, who was the true leader, how were you scoring the points and all that, you know, who did you face, what was your competition? Like if we're taking everything into account, I think we got to give it to Aaron Rodgers a little bit more. So very well done. I think um, – I think uh, Josh Allen finished second in the voting with four votes, and then Patrick Mahomes finished third, and he had a great season as well. So um, well-deserved for the top three. Aaron Rodgers, you know, the 51 touchdowns and, like, less than 10 interceptions is just truly fantastic. That touchdown-to-interception ratio matters so much, folks. It truly does, and Aaron Rodgers is the one of the best at quarterback or touchdown-to-interception ratio. So we got Aaron Rodgers as the MVP. We agree. We got Alex Smith as the comeback player of the year. We agree. We got Kevin Stefanski as a head coach mm, we agree 51 percent 51 percent agree a little bit I would say Sean McDermott 49 percent um I could see him winning as well um all right offensive player of the year a thousand percent correct they got it right Derrick Henry um absolutely uh defensive player of the year yeah I think they got it right Aaron Donald is fantastic um defensive rookie of the year I think they got it right with Chase Young absolutely fantastic talent and I think they definitely got it right with offensive rookie of the year with Justin Herbert so well done to these players. Congratulations. Um, we'll see who will be able to kind of repeat their title next season and hold on to it. All right, and then we'll finish here. Um, can we stop? All, I see a lot of talk about the Panthers drafting a quarterback, trading for a quarterback. I, they're going to stick with Teddy Bridgewater, folks. Um, this isn't the main reason why, but it's a small part of why. Panthers quarterback Teddy Bridgewater wins the 2020 Art Rooney Sportsmanship Award. Obviously not a big award. It wasn't in one of the you know the chain tweets from NFL Network that kind of posted all the winners from last night. Um, so it's obviously not a big award, but it's still an award, and what he does, you know, he's a true leader out there he loves the game he's you know all about the game and he plays well so can we stop it with you know the Panthers are going to get rid of Teddy Bridgewater it was Teddy Bridgewater's first full season at quarterback it was the first full season for a new head coach at that team in the NFL the man has never coached in the NFL before uh, they were missing their best player their best player Christian McCaffrey he played two games and exited early in both of those games and he was still making this team work being competitive in games he was making DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson look like A1 tier 1 wide receivers, folks. He was going to them, slinging it down the field. Our only knock was that he just unfortunately was not clutched this season. Our biggest knocks against him are, you know, before halftime, trying to get a score. He took the, he took the big sack to kind of knock them out of field goal range, made the wrong decision, didn't live for another down in that kind of key spot. And then also at the end of games as well, just, you know, getting taking the sack, not picking up the first down getting knocked out of field goal range to kind of for a chance to tie or win the game with a field goal he's been I mean we the Panthers were taking you know 61 65 yarders trying to set new records because of kind of core poor plays by Teddy Bridgewater in kind of key end of game end of half scenario so that's the only knock we have on him but he elevated receivers worked without you know a running game they had Mike Davis as the running back and he was a solid uh solid backup running back don't get us wrong and we kind of enjoyed watching him this year but he He's nowhere near the level of Christian McCaffrey, especially catching the ball out of the backfield. So, um, can we? I, I see a lot by PFF, by PFF and all these other mock drafts saying that the 
the Panthers would even trade up to the number three pick to try and draft a quarterback. No, they're rocky with Teddy Bridgewater. I would bet the show on this. I would bet the show on this. Teddy Bridgewater will be the starting quarterback for the Carolina Panthers next year. There's no change at quarterback. Um, it's just he had a he had an unclutch year with a new head coach with not even the best player on the team there. So he's fine. He's there next year. Panthers fans, relax. He's good. He's fine. They'll be fine next year. I can guarantee it. The Panthers will be fine. They will be a playoff team next year. I will once again bet the show on that. Whoever wants to make the bet, hit me up. Y'all know how to find me. I, you know, takes by fans. It's not that hard. I, every social media, we're there basically. Uh, so Teddy Bridgewater will be a Panther next year. Alrighty, those are all the stories that we did need to cover. We are going to quickly fly by what happened last night in the NBA. We're not even going to do a moneymaker for today's game. I'll quickly preview what are today's games. I don't even know, honestly. Do, does it matter? Do, are there any? There shouldn't be. Um, it's football. It's football day. National football day. I think that's what NVD is. At national football day. They should declare that. Biden, get on that. Um, but here we go. Oh, and then make Monday a holiday as well, so nobody has to go to work. That needs to be implemented as well, but I don't control that. But I, I, I endorse it. Um, all right, here we go. What happened in the NBA last night? Well, the Blazers lose to the Knicks. Once again, we're going to have to shout out this Knicks team and get a little bit deeper into them because they got playing great. They're currently the number six seed in the East, so we are going to have to pay a little bit more attention. We already kind of shout them out a lot. of um, You know, Julius Randle doing his thing, R.J. Barrett doing his thing, and Tom Thibodeau trying to trade for D. Rose, I think would be a perfect addition for the Knicks. So, unfortunate for the Blazers, they lose this game, and we just put them in the top ten, and they're kind of letting us down a little bit. Nuggets, Kings, and the Kings win at 119-114. Love this Kings team. De'Aaron Fox getting it done. And Jokic had a great game. He had 50 big old points, 58 and 12, folks. 50 points, 8 rebounds, 12 assists, and it still wasn't enough to get it done because this Kings team, folks, they're underdogs. They're a scrappy team. This Kings team, I think, is the new Heat team from last season in the bubble, folks. Watch out for them. They probably won't be able to get to the finals, but they'll be a tough out if they make kind of, you know, the 8th seed, 7th seed in the playoff. Uh, they're 11-11 right now. I think they're currently out in the West because it's a little bit tighter in the West right now. But it's only like a half a game back. I think they're like number 11 or something. Uh, but yeah, de definitely watch out for this Kings team. Absolutely magnificent. Beating the top tier teams. That's what I love to see. Alrighty, Bulls and Magic. Zach Levine gets it done. Vucevic can't repeat his giant performance from the last outing, and that's something we know about the Magic. They just don't have consistency. They don't got great players. Uh, so the Bulls win 118-92. All right, Nets with only James Harden. You heard that right. No Kyrie, no KD, and James Harden just could not get it done himself. Embiid plays for the 76ers, puts up 33 points and 9 rebounds, and they win 124-108. So this Nets team, yes, they've got the talent, but, man, they're not all in the starting lineup. It's nothing that they can't control. I mean, Kevin Durant didn't play so you know because of health and safety protocols, so I'm assuming that's kind of why Kyrie didn't play because he's like, you know what, I'm not going to be out there. That's just my opinion. Uh, but – you know, whatever. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, they still lose, and they lose to the 76ers, and very well done to the 76ers for still winning the game. Um, alrighty, Raptors, Hawks, well done to the Hawks, and kind of like what we said, yes, there was two great games by the Raptors, but we wanted to kind of test it out, see how long it would go, so we bet the Hawks plus four last night, they went outright, didn't even need the four and a half, but hey, Hawks back to winning, Trey Young getting it done, Clint Capella getting it done, and the Raptors fading a little bit here, so we'll see, we'll definitely have to keep an eye on how they rebound from this loss, do they get back to kind of where they were the last two games, or do they just kind of do what they did all season, one person has a good game, everybody else flounders, 
lose. Two people have a decent game, but they still lose. What are they going to do? So well done to the Hawks getting back on track here. Love to see them winning. Bucks, Cavs. All right, we actually have to go into the stats a little bit deeper. I just want to check the Bucks three-point shooting. How did it look last night? That's our one concern. And they hit 16, so that's fantastic. Um, and the Cavs hit six. That's what the Bucks did their previous game. They hit seven three-pointers. So three-pointers are back on track here. Giannis at the free-throw line is still a little less than great. Seven of 11, but 24 points and 11 rebounds. And uh, 16 threes made. So very well done. Chris Middleton hit four. Giannis hit one. Brooke Lowe Lopez hit one of six. Can't be taking six, my man. Dante DiVincenzo, one of two. Drew Holiday, two of four. DJ Augustin, one of four. And holy cow, Byron Forbes, six of six. That's why it was so high. Holy cow, they would have had 10 without him in that point. You know, it's kind of, you know, just like the line of good or bad, 10 right there. Uh, but I think we would have given it to him if they hit 10. So very well done, Byron Forbes. Holy cow. Brian Forbes, Jesus. Six of six from three. Jeez. Oof. All right, so the Bucks get the win, 124-99 over the Cavs. All right, Rockets and Spurs, and the Rockets let us down a little bit. We wanted to see how they would work without Christian Wood, and they kind of needed them a little bit. Spurs ended up getting the win, 111-106. John Wall played good. Victor Oladipo played well. Unfortunately, the Spurs, I mean, they're very, they're so hot and cold. Um, you know, great one game, really not great the other game, but they were kind of on this game, and they did kind of miss Christian Wood a little bit, unfortunately. Timberwolves in the Thunder, and the Thunder get the two-point win this time. Uh, Shea Gillis-Alexander is back in the starting lineup, and they win because of that. I mean, that's their man. That's the guy on the team. S-G-A, folks. Shea Gillis-Alexander. Alrighty, Warriors and Mavericks, and this one was a close one, but the Mavericks get the win at the end of the day. Curry went absolutely nuts, 57 points. Luka went classic Luka, 42 points, 11 assists, 7 rebounds, and it led to a victory this time for the Mavericks. But this Warriors team is still good. Steph Curry is still the best shooter of all time, and it's not even close. So very, very entertaining game. A lot of threes in the third quarter, a lot of very back and forth, and uh, the Mavericks end up getting the win by two. Pelicans, Grizzlies, and the Pelicans are back, folks. Another win here for them. Brandon Ingram doing good. Zion Williamson doing good. Everything working out for this Pelicans team. And we know the Grizzlies are just a mad team. You know, John Morant, good, bad, good, bad, good, decent, good, decent, stuff like that. But this Pelicans team, they've been stringing some wins together, some great plays together, and uh, definitely a great team to watch. And then the last game from last night, Pistons, Lakers goes into double overtime. LeBron James gets it done, and company gets it done. He kind of had the dagger with the three when they're already up by four with like under 40 seconds left in double OT. But hey, a dagger's a dagger. So we, re we respect the dagger. Uh, but hey, you know why the Pistons weren't competitive? Because Blake Griffin did not play. The man takes stuff away from the team. He drains the energy. He stops the ball. He misses wide open threes. He doesn't get rebounds. He's not under the glass. He's just a three-point shooter now for some reason. And that's why they lose games. So I see a lot of people on Twitter last night and I had a do my best to refrain from responding because everyone's like oh Pistons are challenging the Lakers without you know Blake Griffin and Derrick Rose all right first of all Derrick Rose comes out the bench and he's just solid he's average he's nothing special on this team and Blake Griffin hurts the team more than he helps the team so yes they are competitive because no Blake Griffin that's that's not a positive statement to say he ha he hinders the team he hurts the team he does not help the team taking 0 of 6 3 scoring 7 points and 3 rebounds that does not help the team he had one great game this season where he put up like 24 points that's it. He's not even close to that averagely. So Lakers get the win. Pistons are competitive because Blake Griffin's not in the starting lineup. That's that's not positive. All right, here we go. 
that's all the NBA we're talking about today. Actually, we are going to see what's on today. What do we got today? Anything good? Hornets, Wizards. I don't care about Wizards. I do like the Hornets, though. Jazz, Pacers. Pacers haven't even been able to beat the good team, so Jazz should win all day. Heat, Knicks. Should be a decent one. Knicks are kind of streaking. Heat getting Jimmy Butler back, getting in the flow. That should be a good one. Celtics, Suns should also be a good one. Suns should win because Celtics don't have Marcus Smart, but we'll see how they fare there. Clippers, Kings. This should be a good one, too, because actually, damn, there's a good NBA day on today. Damn. Unfortunate because, you know, the Super Bowl, so I really don't care. I'll tell you all right now, I know I'm a sports show. I don't care about today in the NBA. Yes, we will still break it down tomorrow, but I don't care about it. Um, Kings, Clippers, Clippers. This is a good game because Clippers are kind of floundering here, losing the lead, losing the game late in the fourth quarter, and the Kings are just beating all the good teams. So this is going to tell us a lot. I'll tell you all right now, if the Kings beat the Clippers, I'm moving the Kings in the, into the top ten come Monday. We'll do an impromptu on Monday. So... That's what we got for today on the NBA. Actually, we are going to go over some lines because I do want to see if we can get some good value here on some of these games. Um, so let's quickly, before we get into all the NFL lines, let's quickly see what we got here in the NBA. So Jazz, Pacers, Pacers plus five. Going to stay away from this one just because I don't like the Pacers against the better teams. They haven't shown us a win, so we're going to stay away from this one. Knicks, Heat, Heat, Knicks plus six, and I love, ooh, do I love it or do I like it? I think we're going to download grade it to like, but um, just because the Knicks are on a back-to-back, -back, if they were not on a back-to-back -back and they were getting plus six, I love it all day, but they are on a back-to-back, -back, so we'll see how that plays out, but plus six for the Knicks at home I think is very solid. This Heat team is not, you know, hasn't proven that they're consistent yet with Jimmy Butler back in the starting lineup, so I think, you know what, we're going to take the Knicks plus six here. I actually love it. We're going to upgrade it right back up to loving it. Knicks plus six, love it. This Knicks team, I think, totality-wise, not better than the Heat, but can can be competitive. Um, we've seen them kind of competitive against some of the better teams, and this Heat team is not consistent yet. Not yet, folks. They are good. They've got talent. They got the three-point shooting. They got that, but they're not consistently putting it together this season yet. So we'll take the next plus six. Wizards, Hornets. Hornets plus one and a half should have no trouble. Have, should have no trouble beating the Wizards. But this low spread is kind of making me think that something is wrong with this Hornets lineup. Uh, so we will stay away from this one. Celtics, Suns. Suns minus three should be kind of solid to play there. Celtics do kind of, you know, play above their competition. But, you know, missing Marcus Smart and now only rocking with Jalen Tatum and Jason Brown. Uh, I don't know how long that's going to be sustainable for. And Kings Clippers. Kings plus eight. And I love it all day, folks. There it is. Great. Great value here with some points. Knicks plus six, Kings plus eight and a half. Kings are scrappy. They're competitive, and the Clippers blow games in the fourth quarter still this season. So we'll take some points here. Two-teamer in the NBA, Knicks plus six, Kings plus eight and a half. So that's what we got here in the NBA. That's how you make money. If you're not going to watch the Super Bowl for some reason today, this is how you make money in the NBA. All righty, folks. Let's start talking about it. Let's get down to brass tacks in the Super Bowl, folks. We've been talking five straight months of the NFL. We've been talking this game kind of two weeks straight. Last week, 
we were just kind of breaking down what they did in the NFC champion in the in the championship games NFC and AFC and then this week we've been focusing heavy on the week 12 matchup of what this Super Bowl already is Chiefs at Bucks in week 12 Chiefs at Bucks for the Super Bowl kind of the same thing so we learned a lot from that game so let's recap what we saw quarter by quarter in that first quarter we saw the Chiefs and Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes attack the defense they came out firing Unfortunately, on that first drive, they got kind of down to the one-yard line, couldn't punch it in. So that red zone defense by the by the Bucks, and we're going to kind of um, enhance that kind of narrative too, that the goal to go, so from the 10-yard line in, the red zone is from 20 yards to the goal line, um, goal to go is from 10 yards into the goal line. So their goal to go defense is actually really, really, really good. Holding Aaron Rodgers last week, we saw that, and then we saw it in the first quarter of this game as well. Also in the first quarter, we saw the Bucks have three straight, well, three straight or three, like all in, you know, a couple of seconds of each other, neutral zone infractions because, you know, this defense, once, you know, the Chiefs get out to a speedy start like they did in the first quarter, the defense is on its heels. Um, you know, oh my goodness. That's why, you know, they're kind of jumping off sides. Any kind of flinch, any kind of second movement gets them to go off sides because they know, everybody knows on that Bucks defense that they need to fire off the ball so they can try and get to Patrick Mahomes quicker or try to cover this fast speed and the agility that these receivers have. We were seeing Tyreek Hill absolutely burning number 24 on every single play, first, second, third, and fourth quarter. We saw that throughout the entire game. Davis, the cornerback for the the for the Bucks cannot keep up with Tyreek Hill at all, folks, at all. He's burning him consistently. All righty. Um, what do we got here? Alrighty, in the second quarter, we had a potential pick by number 24, the cornerback, but he could not catch it. So he can't cover and he can't really catch the interceptions. Unfortunate there. So he's not helping his team when he has the chance to kind of do it after getting burned. I mean, really the 17 points that the Chiefs put up in the first quarter, really kind of all 24's fault, honestly. Um... Alrighty, once again in the second quarter, we saw, you know, the Bucks goal to go defense force a fumble, take away the ball from Patrick Mahomes. That's how you beat the Chiefs. You either keep Patrick Mahomes off the field or you turn him out or you get the turnovers. You don't allow them to score. So that's what we saw from the Bucks in the second quarter. Absolutely magnificent. Jones had a touchdown, the running back to back out of the backfield for about it was either twenty five or thirty yards. Nobody was able to bring him down. There was kind of no accountability on that Chiefs defense about the running back so that's something that we will have to kind of watch for today in today's Super Bowl how do the Chiefs kind of play the backs out of the backfields Ronald Jones Leonard Fournette when Pat Tom Brady throws the ball to them as an option play because they they don't have to block so they can kind of slip out and run a route um so that's what we saw from the Bucks in the second quarter um and then we got to the third quarter what do we see here the read option from the Chiefs, something that not only and with our camera just died, so we apologize. No more video for the rest of the episode. But um, um, in the third quarter, the read option was prominent. We were able to see it a lot. Uh, well, not a lot, but in key situations, like we say on fourth and three or less, on third and three or less, the speed options from the right rushing off to the right side of the Chiefs. You know, having the ability to kind of 
pitch it or throw the pass, you know, three yards down the field to Travis Kelsey or just Patrick Mahomes keep it himself. That is something that is truly dangerous. It is truly hard to stop this team on four straight downs. And once they are in kind of that, you know, we only need one or two more yards, it's almost guaranteed that they pick it up because there's so much that you have to watch out for and play for. Um, Tyreek Hill was still killing number 24 in the third quarter as well, able to get down the field quickly, um, burn him right off the line of scrimmage. I mean, folks, we looked at him, you know, the next gen stats and he was reaching, you know, 14 miles an hour right off the line. It's crazy. His speed um, in the third quarter from the Bucks. What do we see here? Um, they were too conservative when they got into the red zone offensively, run it on first down, throw it to the running back on second down. Now you're looking at, you know, still third and 10, you know, trying to get to the end zone. And then it's just, you know, a, a high throw over the middle of the field in the back of the end zone. So real conservative in the red zone. They had to settle for a field goal, which is something you cannot do against this Chiefs team because they will be putting up the touchdowns. Um, and then we also saw 50-50 Brady in the third quarter. He had a great rainbow throw. It was fantastic. Wide open to Chris Godwin. And then, you know, kind of two throws later, he tries the one-on-one matchup, and it's a pick. So, you know, 50% 50% completion percentage. That's what we've been seeing from this man all week in Week 12. Last week in the playoffs against, um, you know, the Packers. Three weeks ago against the Saints, we were seeing 50-50 Brady. Just nothing consistent here. And then we get to the fourth quarter. Yes, the Bucks put up 14 points. But at that point, the Chiefs were up by just so much that they were allowing everything in the middle of the field. That's why it was open. That's why they were driving. The Chiefs were allowing kind of the 10 yards in the middle of the field because they don't want to get burned over the back. They will let you drive and eat up the clock because, you know, you're down three scores. It's hard to overcome three scores in the fourth quarter in any game, let alone, you know, a Super Bowl. So hopefully they don't get down by that much because the Bucks will not be able to come back. Um, and well done by the Chiefs to run out the clock. There was four minutes left in the game, and they got the ball back, three-point game, and they just held on to it. First down after first down, bleed the clock, run the ball, bleed the clock, pick up the first down, and they were able to kind of run out the last kind of four and a half minutes of this game. So, after breaking down week 12, we still feel this is it. Here it is. The line is still Chiefs minus three, Bucks plus three. The Really, the only line this... The, the only time this line has changed was, I think, what was it? Wednesday or Thursday, something like that. Tuesday, it was early in this week, middle of the week, where the Bucks went up to plus three and a half. And at that point, if you were able to lock that in, I think that is solid. But now that the line has fallen right back down to Chiefs minus three, after everything that we've seen, our official takes by fans Super Bowl pick is Chiefs minus three, folks, for these reasons. Tyreek Hill is unguardable. We saw it all game, all game. It wasn't, you know, he had a great first quarter, then locked up. Great second quarter, then locked up. Locked up first quarter, second quarter, third quarter. Had a great fourth quarter. It was nothing like that. He was burning everybody on every single play. I don't think the Bucks. now they had two weeks to prepare for it, so hopefully they've tried to do something. But honestly, I don't think it's just, it's just there's just nobody that can guard him. It's not that the Bucks don't have anybody. It's just literally nobody can shut him down. Not even, you know, Jalen Ramsey can shut the man down. Um, so 
Chiefs minus three because of Tyreek Hill, because Patrick Mahomes does not turn the ball over, folks. We've been seeing it all postseason. He, Tom Brady should have had three picks against the Saints, and if that happened, they probably lose the game. Tom Brady threw three picks against the Packers, barely won the game because Aaron Rodgers could not be clutch in the red zone. Patrick Mahomes will be clutch in the red zone. I can guarantee it. We saw it all game here. Yes, the Bucks were able to kind of get a couple of stops, but, but, but you know, you know, on the goal line, that's going to be 50-50. Um, you know, the Bucks were able to stop him. That is a green sign for the Bucks, And that's why, you know, we had kind of hesitations that we were kind of considering the Bucks plus three and a half when it came around. Um, unfortunately, we missed out on it. We were still taking Chiefs minus three and a half at that point. And then, you know, the next day we were going to take Bucks plus three and a half, but it went away. So, you know, value, it snaps. It goes away at the snap of a finger, folks. And it was actually... Um, Chiefs minus three and a half was actually plus a hundred when it was at that. So decent value there as well. Either way you played it. Um, but back here to Chiefs minus three. Patrick Mahomes is fantastic. Tyree Kill is great. Now they got Clyde Edwards Hilar. He was doing a great job kind of closing out the games, picking up, you know, huge chunk plays. We would see him, you know, kind of rush on first down, pick up, you know, five, six yards, seven yards even. So that's still great by them. They get LaShawn McCoy healthy. Sammy Watkins should be good to go. And Travis Kelsey. I mean, folks, once again, the Chiefs had or the Bucks had no answer for Travis Kelsey either. Wide open in the middle of the field. Tyreek Hill would be wide open, you know, in this in the um, you know, on the you know, deep ball and kind of you know, out on the sideline. So you got the middle of the field covered with Travis Kelsey. You got the ends of the field covered by Tyreek Hill. And something that was interesting that we saw in this game was that the Chiefs were painting the sidelines on drives. They would go to the left side, all the way to the left sideline of the field, quick out pass there. Then they would flip it around, and you know, since the right side is the longer side of the field now, they would flip it to the right side, quick pass out to the right side extending the defense left side to right side throwing the ball you know kind of five yards on an underneath kind of shallow crossing route so they kind of the defense starts to press up and that's when they hit Tyreek Hill over the middle for 75 yards so the box the Chiefs know how to manipulate the Bucks defense by getting them sideline to sideline pressed up and then once they get the press defense they will hit you over the top of Tyreek Hill because he's so fast nobody can guard him so that's why we love the Chiefs, folks, for all those reasons of what we said. Also, Andy Reid is fantastic, folks. More time. He's twenty. I think he's 26-5. and five. I think that's the record of when he's got at least a week to prepare, so the bye weeks. He wins 26 games and lost five of those games. So extra time with Andy Reid, he will get it done. Now, let's kind of tell you why we think the Bucs won't cover the plus three here. Tom Brady. Yes, he's great. Yes, he's clutch. Yes, he's the greatest of all time. Yes, he's been to 10 Super Bowls. Yes, he's won Yes, he's getting ready to win seven. Yes, he's took this Bucks team one year, got them to a Super Bowl, didn't even need an offseason in a pandemic without Billy B. Yes, he did all that. I'm not taking any of any of that away. I'm actually in I'm praising this man. If the Chiefs weren't so damn good, yes, this is huge praise for the Bucs. But Tom Brady has been throwing interceptions or potential interceptions all season long. And he's been getting bailed out all season long. Got bailed out so hard on that Chiefs game by his defense. The defense picking off Drew Brees three times and not letting Brady get picked off. I mean, just overcoming all of that. 
the defense stepping up and stopping. I mean, folks, Tom Brady threw three straight interceptions and Aaron Rodgers only put up three points because of that. It's just absurd. It's absurd, folks. Do you think Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes aren't going to be converting off of interceptions? Because I, I thought Aaron Rodgers would and they didn't, but I definitely know the Chiefs will take advantage of turnovers and we're just seeing it by Brady. Every game, every game, even here in Week 12, even in the NFC Championship game, even in the second round of the playoffs, even in that first wild card game when they faced the Washington football team, that was a close game. That was a one possession game with Taylor Heineke and, you know, the end of the game on a potential game winning drive. If you swap Taylor Heineke for Patrick Mahomes, I like Patrick Mahomes uh, a thousand more percent likely of winning that game at the end of the game if it's not Taylor Heineke. So, Bucks have been getting bailed out every single game this playoff season where the Chiefs have just been blowing out team after team, 10 point wins, two possession wins every single week. So, all right, what else do we get with the Bucs? Um, he likes to kind of force it to Gronk a little bit too much. Mike Evans was locked up this entire game. He got behind the defense once for a touchdown, and then he also had a red zone touchdown catch as well. Um, you know, those are great plays, and we're not going to knock them, but in the totality of the game, he was locked up. Um, Mike Evans not only being, or only being used in the red zone is a little bit of a concern for me I would have liked to see you know the Bucks kind of use them in the downfield you know throughout the entire game um, but so that is a little bit of a knock just the middle of the field was not wide open and that's where we know Tom Brady loves to go to the middle of the field and it was locked up all game by this Chiefs defense it wasn't locked up in the fourth quarter as we said because the Chiefs were already up 17 points they just didn't want to get beat deep and we know the Bucks have the receivers to beat you deep uh, Mike Evans Chris Godwins AB so you know you do want to kind of not give up the deep ball if you give up 10 yards at a play that's fine there's more time coming off the clock that's fine there's more chances of you kind of jumping around if you know he's just going to dink it off over the middle and we saw that all the time in the second in the second half of this game that kind of got Tom Brady elevated up a little bit so if the Chiefs come out like they did in week 12 locking up the middle of the field not letting Mike Evans get behind you scoring touchdown after touchdown after touchdown getting that big lead this game's going to play out the exact same way they're going going to be able to shut it down in the fourth quarter and run out the clock because the lead is too big. All right, and then the last thing we'll talk about here for the box and why we don't like them plus three is because Tom Brady, um, he gets a little lackadaisical in his throws. You know, kind of if he sees pressure coming, he immediately throws it away. He turns his body just to get the ball away. And we see that it should have, it was picked off once by the Packers, should have been picked off another time by the Saints. And we saw a pick. Did we see it? Was it an official pick? I think it was an official pick here by the Chiefs of him just trying to throw the ball away because he sees pressure coming and it results in a pick. So the lazy throws by Tom Brady, we're seeing them more prevalent this season as well. And for all those reasons, we cannot trust, we cannot take Bucks plus three. The smart bet of what I'm seeing with my eyes, I have to go Chiefs minus three. Now, I understand you can never get bet against Brady. We bet against him in the Saints, he wins. We bet against him with the Packers, he wins. It's just... You know this the superstitious the super 
superficial, no, the superstitial side of betting, football, sports, basketball, whatever it is, is, you know, some things just happen. Goats rise up to the occasion. Goats overcome. Just stuff happens in this game that nobody can control. You know, just a great ball thrown by Tom Brady, a bad pick that doesn't go Tom Brady's way or something like that. So for that reason, yes, you can take the Bucks plus three, but that would be the only reason I would take Bucks plus three. The superstition side that Tom Brady is the greatest of all time. He's been in these situations before. He's been to 10 Super Bowls. He's won six of them. He's the greatest winning quarterback of all time, hands down. I don't even think it's a debate at this point. That would be the only factor I would put into taking Bucks plus three. So I'm going to go with what my eyes are telling me, what my kind of expertise is. We've been talking football for five straight months. Hopefully I know what I'm talking about by now, right? So Chiefs minus three because I cannot trust Tom Brady to not turn over the ball and I can trust Patrick Mahomes to not turn over the ball and I trust Patrick Mahomes to cash in touchdowns and not settle for field goals like Aaron Rodgers did and I trust Tyreek Hill to still get open and I still see number 24 of the Bucks, Davis cornerback still getting burned consistently by Tyreek Hill so with all those reasons we take Chiefs minus three and I put 10 thousand dollars on it ten thousand dollars on chiefs minus three pays you eighteen hundred nine eighteen thousand nine hundred dollars an eight thousand nine hundred dollar profit we feel confident on chiefs minus three for ten thousand dollars folks Alrighty, let's go into some of these prop bets. Let's do uh, points by a team in the first half if we're allowed to do this. I'm assuming we are. Let me see where it will be able to be. Game props, team props. I think it's under team. No, is it under game? Game props, here we go. Points by a team in the first half. No, that's not it. Touchdown props, kicking props, punting props, first to score props. End of quarter. Where's halftime, full time? Halftime here. Where do we get? Chiefs. Oh, halftime, full time. Who's winning? All right. That's not what I thought it was. Can I not get our favorite prop bet? Points by a team in the first half. That's the one I feel most confident on. Those are the ones I feel most confident betting. Um, yeah, where are these? Game specials, safety... Uh, safety to be scored. Yes, is plus 800. I would stay away from that. Either team to be shut out. Yes, I would. Oh, my goodness. Maybe not. Five plus 5,000. I may. We may have to throw some stuff on this one. If you put $10 on a 5,000, you win 510. Holy cow. I would put 10 bucks on this. Uh, for a team to be shut out plus 5,000, the Chiefs have no chance of being shut out. So you already cut off 50-50 there. But the Bucks. I can kind of see them being shut out a little bit, a little tad bit there. I mean, if the Bucks, if really Tom Brady kind of, if he plays like he's been playing all postseason in the kind of the Chiefs step up defensively kind of a lot, then yes, the Bucks will be shut out because Tom Brady's not playing flawless football right now. So 10 bucks wins you 510. That's not bad to throw on. Damn, plus 5,000 for a shutout. I'd put 10 bucks on it. I'd put 10,000 on it. Put 10,000 on that. What do you win? 5 million? Is that right? 10,000? Five thousand. So if you put ten thousand on a team to be shut out, you win five hundred and ten thousand. Holy cow! Oof, that's some nice money right there. 
but I would not I would I would not encourage putting five thousand ten thousand on a plus five thousand bet. I will say that. Um, all right, what else do we get? Either team, do we have a successful two-point conversion? Yes, I kind of like this a lot. Uh, plus 230, that's great odds. Um, you know, to success, to do a two-point conversion, you would obviously kind of need to be down a little bit, playing the score a little bit, and we, we that could definitely happen in the Super Bowl. You know, if you're down eight, you need the two-point conversion. So, you know, both of these, you know, if it's coming down to the wire and you're down by eight, and it's, you know, the last chance for either Patrick Mahomes or Tom Brady, they're both clutch. They both have the ability to go down and score a touchdown. So, you know, now you're just betting that they hit the two-point conversion. So, I definitely can see a two-point conversion being played this game. So, yeah, 50-50 of getting it converted plus 230 50 bucks on that plays 165 that's how you make a little bit of money right there that's a solid prop bet with some solid odds um i like that all right what else do we get here either team to score a special team's touchdown a punt return kick return yeah all right plus 550 once again woof some good odds here make some money i would put 10 bucks on this as well 10 bucks pays what? 510 or 65? 65 bucks. So once again, just a little bit of money there. Solid money. Either team to win by exactly three points. Yes, it's wow. Yes, it's plus 425. That's the spread, folks. So a T either team to win by exactly three points. That's what Vegas is counting the game at. That's actually, and you get great odds plus 425. So you put 10 bucks on that. You win 52 bucks. You put 50 bucks on that. You win 262 bucks. That's not bad for either team to win by exactly three points. That's a field goal. Game-winning field goal. Walk-off field goal. The line is three, folks. That's not bad value there. Team to obtain more first downs. Chiefs or Bucks. Chiefs minus 165. I would take the Chiefs in that one. To go into overtime plus 7 750. That's not bad either. I would stay away from that. But um, that's some good odds if you want to throw 10 bucks on it. You win 75 bucks. Total net offense yards by both teams over 800. It's at 799 and a half. So they're saying 800, 800 yards. Woof. They're saying an explosive game here. And then total sacks over four and a half. Um, all right. What do we get? Can we find? Can we find the points by a team in the first half? That is what we're looking for. Still, <laughs> what do we get here? Team props. It's not under that. Total points by the Bucks, total by the Chiefs. So Vegas is saying that this game is going to be 26.5 to 29.5. That's where we get the three-point line from. That's where, you know, you can make some good money on getting, you know, team winning by exactly three points. That's not bad either. I kind of like it. Cross-sport specials. I don't even know what the hell this is. Event with higher total. Mike Evan receiving yards or lowest round four score at Waste Management Phoenix Open. What the hell is going on here? This is crazy. Let's read, re let's read some of these, these cross-sport big game specials. Let's see what we get here. Event with a higher total. Mo Salah and Raheem Sterling combined goals. And Chris Edwards-Hilar and Chris Godwin's combined touchdowns. So now we're combining soccer goals to combined running back of Clyde Edwards-Hilar and wide receiver Chris Godwin combined touchdowns. This is insane, folks. This is truly insane what you could bet here. Event with the higher total. Chris Paul points, rebounds, and assists, or Rob Gronkowski's receiving yards. Well, we know Chris Paul can do like 27 and 5, 27 and 6. So what is that? 27 and 6. Over receiving yards for Gronk? Yeah. Gronk could have uh, 50. Solid 45 or 50. Chris Paul 25, 7, and 5. What does that add up to add up to? 37? 
That's not bad. That's not bad. Hmm, that's interesting. Um, higher total event. Patrick Mahomes' past completions are Kawhi Leonard points. Uh, Kawhi Leonard could put up from 25 to 32 points. So do you think Patrick Mahomes is going to have more than 32 completions, not total throws? Um, damn, these are really interesting here. No great value in any of these. I mean, basically, basically these are kind of 50-50 with the odds. Um, in that last one we just read of Patrick Mahomes' past completions are Kawhi Leonard points. It's past completions minus 118, Kawhi Leonard's points minus 106. So no great value here. Nothing that you should be you know, spending a lot of money on here. Just some interesting things here. We'll do a couple more here, maybe one or two more. Event with the higher total, Chris Godwin receiving yards or highest round four score at Waste Management Phoenix Open. Um, Luca Garazga, Garaza points versus Indiana or Tampa Bay's points scored. What? Luca Garza points versus Indiana or total Tampa Bay points scored. So they're saying that Luca Garza is not a good basketball team, I'm assuming, because, I mean, basketball, you should be putting up more points than football every game. Um, Jimmy Butler assists versus Tyreek Hill's uh, receptions. What's the last one on here? Is the last one the wonkiest? I doubt it, but we'll see. Debontis, Sabonis, points, rebounds, assists, or Ronald Jones rushing yards. I mean, folks, this is wild here. Um, so this is interesting here. Oh, oh, halves. Here it is. Oh, no. Oh, 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 what? what? Points by a team? Team totals? Here it is. Here it is. Here it is, folks. Points by a team in the first half. Let's see what we get here. The Bucks points by a team in the first half is over 13 and a half. Let's kind of recap our rules. We never take anything over 13 and a half. We kind of kept it at 13 and a half because of the two touchdowns. We don't kind of want anything other than that. You know, once you start getting over, you know, 14 and a half, now we're talking two touchdowns and something else. Uh, touchdowns, you know, that's kind of what you pray for when you take this because, you know, seven points over three. You know, and the lines are usually, um, you know, the lowest I've ever seen is six and a half. Don't see that too often. Seven and a half is not too often either, but, you know, kind of that over seven hook. So if you get a field goal, you kind of screwed on that one. Nine and a half because they want touchdown and field goal. Thirteen and a half because they want two touchdowns. Twelve and a half is kind of what we see a lot as well. So that's kind of what we see throughout the season. And we never take anything over 13 and a half. So Bucks over 13 and a half. We're going to stay away from it because we don't really trust Tom Brady and this Bucks team putting up that many points honestly I can't trust Tom Brady this game and it sucks to say it but we're not trusting him all right points by the first half in the points by a team in the first half for the Chiefs is over 14 and a half kind of breaking our rule a little bit we saw the Chiefs put up 17 points in the first half or in the first quarter in their week 12 matchup so I think we're gonna break our rule here for the Super Bowl we'll make their Super Bowl exception because we know the Chiefs can score whenever they want we still like them to score a lot here they were aggressive in their week 12 matchup I still think they stay aggressive here they attack number 24 they have no answer for him so Chiefs over 14 and a half we're gonna make our exception for a Super Bowl Sunday we will take this we will endorse this bet Chiefs over 14 and a half points now it's interesting because we can take usually you can never do this points by team in the second half never been able to take that they don't offer that they only offer that in the Super Bowl so since they only offer it in the Super Bowl let's take one let's find one with the best value so Chiefs over 13 and a half for the second half which actually more appealing to me honestly um, now if they get a big lead in the first half now they shut down and clam up in the second half we saw that kind of happen in the week 12 matchup they really didn't put up that many points in the second half but they didn't need 
need to because they put up a lot of points in the first half. So once again, we will endorse Chiefs over 13.5 points in the second half, excluding overtime. So we don't get the overtime there. Now, the Bucks is also over 13.5. Now, that one, you may be thinking to yourself, may be a little bit better just based on that Week 12 matchup because we saw the Bucks put up 14 points in the fourth quarter because they had to. I don't know if the Bucks are going to get down that big. I do think they're going to get down big. Um, yeah, 17 points is pretty big. They could still get down by that, though. Damn. Um, so we are going to endorse Chiefs over 14.5 points in the first half and Chiefs over 13.5 points in the second half as well. Um, let's keep all these up here. So, uh, what was the other one that we took? Did we take one already? Did we take a prop bet? I don't think so. So, we'll leave these prop bets up here. Show y'all what we're taking, what we're liking. Um, alrighty, let's see what we can do here. Let's go to player props because I want to bet on Tyreek Hill as well. I don't think he's going to be... Um, be contained this game so let's see what we can get receiving yards anything over under 80 yards 80 receiving yards we will feel 100% confident to take I'm sure it'll be more than that but let's see what we get for Tyreek Hill's receiving yards Tyreek Hill is right here over 95 and a half and we're taking it folks nobody can stop this man we've been saying it all season so we're gonna double down triple down bet on it here Tyreek Hill over 95 and a half yards. Absolutely love it. Travis Kelsey is over 97 and a half yards. Um, we'll stay away from that one because we're going to be banking all of our yards on Tyreek Hill. So we don't want to split them up on the same team. Um, let's go to rushing yards. What do we got here by Clyde Edwards-Solari? Can we sprinkle a little money on him? Over 30 and a half yards. Yes, I absolutely love this. Ronald Jones over 37 and a half yards. I love that as well. These two running backs are their main running backs. That's why we're taking their rushing yards and not their receiving yards. Low yards here. Both have the ability to rip off a big one. 35, 40 yards instantly if they want it. So yeah, we'll take this. One big run can win you it instantly. What do we only need? Five, six yards a quarter 6 12 18 24 more than 6 10 yards 10 20 30 40 yeah 10 yards a quarter y'all can't rush for 10 yards a quarter come on Clyde Edwards Salar over 30 rushing or over 30 and a half rushing yards is easy money I would I would bet my entire savings just on that prop bet alone that's fantastic and then Ronald Jones over 37 and a half yards love that as well um all righty so we got some nice prop bets here let's go to player props by the quarterbacks um, because I want to bet on Tom Brady throwing a big old pick, folks. Um, let's see. Interceptions. Tom Brady over half. That's easy money. He should have had three against the Saints. He had three against the, 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 the Packers. He had two against the Chiefs in week 12. So yes, Tom Brady will absolutely throw an interception. He loves throwing interceptions in the playoffs. And look at this, folks. It's minus 177. It's not even that great odds. So you will have to beef it up a little bit if you want to make some money on it. But um, Tom Brady will be throwing a pick here, hands down. Absolutely. Alrighty, touchdown passes. Let's see. Let's see. We get Patrick Mahomes. You can do over half. Two and a half, one and a half, three and a half. Obviously, if you only do a half, it's minus 5,000. So you get absolutely no value there. You get so no value, it's comical. Let's say you bet $10,000. You bet $10,000. 10, 
$1,000 on Patrick Mahomes to throw one touchdown this game, you only win, you only profit $200. You profit 200 bucks betting 10000 So, yeah, stay away from that. You make no money on that one. Yes, it's easy to take, but uh, the risk way out re- way outweighs the reward there to put up 10000 to win 200 That's nonsense. So, stay away from that. Patrick Mahomes, I think he throws two and a half. I I feel solid on that one. We'll bet this one. Patrick Mahomes is throwing three touchdowns, baby. Yes, sir. And you get decent odds with that, minus 150. We're going to stay away from Tom Brady because, I, 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 folks, I don't think he has a great game, honestly. From what we've been seeing, he does not have a great game. Now he's the go in the super, you know, superstitial stuff does come into play at that point. And that, for that reason, that's why we're going to stay away from it. Um, all right, what else do we do here? Defense? Let's see if we can do anything with Tyreek Hill. I want Tyreek Hill getting a pick, boy. He's the one that's going to be picking off Tom Brady. Let's see if we can bat this. Tyron Matthew getting a big old pick plus 300. We'll take it again. Tyron Matthew, he's the one t- picking off Tom Brady. It's plus 300. Great odds there. You put 100 bucks on it. You win 300. You win 400 because you profit the 300 and your 100 bucks back. Um, Alrighty, that's what I feel the most confident in here, I think. What else can we get? Anything else we should be looking at here in the props? Super Bowl MVP. Let's do this one as well. Well, we say the the Chiefs are going to win it, and we think Patrick Mahomes is going to be the MVP just because they're going to probably give it to it, the quarterback. So we bet Patrick Mahomes the MVP. Game props. What else do we get here? Safety to be scored. Oh, we already went over this. A team to be shut out, plus 5,000. I would put 10 bucks on that one. Um, alrighty, what else do we get? Can we do the coin toss? Novelty props. Let's do some of these. What do we get? Coin toss, game outcome, heads or tails. Let's say, what are we going with? Tails never fails, right? Gotta always bet the tails. So we're betting tails here as well. Alrighty, I think that's all we are feeling confident on, all that we like taking. So let's kind of recap every single bet that we will be taking here at Takes by Fans during the NFL Super Bowl, folks. So here it is. Uh, Chiefs over 13.5 points in the second half. I think they're going to be consistent scoring all throughout. They're going to have their their foot on the pedal. If they get up big, they will say, no mercy, folks. This is Tom Brady. There is no mercy to be shown. We know what this game means. We know what we have to prove. They will be scoring throughout the entire game. So Chiefs over 13.5 points in the second half. We also like Chiefs over 14.5 points in the first half as well. They will be putting up a lot of points throughout this game, folks. Scoring consistently. We like it. Alrighty, how will they be scoring consistently? Well, we we know Tyreek Hill, baby. Nobody can stop this man. We just spent four days watching the Week 12 matchup, and nobody had an answer for Tyreek Hill. So we have him going over 95 and a half total receiving yards. Love that as well. Now we also think. 
Clyde Edwards-Hilar is going to have a decent game. He just has to have a decent game here. We only need him to rush for 31 yards because we're taking Clyde Edwards-Hilar over 30 and a half rushing yards. Not in, or including overtime too. Damn, even better value there. That is fantastic. Clyde Edwards-Hilar will have a decent game. He has the ability to wrap, rip off a 30-yard run alone on one play. Love it. Also, Ronald Jones rushing over 37 and a half yards. He's their main running back. He will get it done. Yes, they have Leonard Fournette, but they do like Ronald Jones a little bit more, and he had a decent success there against the Chiefs in their Week 12 matchup. So Clyde Edwards-Hilar over 30 and a half, and Ronald Jones over 37 and a half rushing yards. We also love Tom Brady throwing that big old pick, folks. We've been seeing it all season long, and it's not going to stop here in the Super Bowl. Probably why they lose this game, and now we have a whole different narrative coming out of Super Bowl. Tom Brady single-handedly lost the game because of a pick. He's no longer the GOAT. That's what we'll be saying Monday if he throws the pick. Uh, we think Patrick Mahomes is going to be throwing three touchdowns, baby, so we're taking over two and a half touchdowns by Patrick Mahomes. He's got the ability to score. We see the Chiefs instantly can get in the red zone whenever they want. Now the Bucks defense is decent, but I think Andy Reid with some extra time. We brought up the 26-5 and record with extra time of Andy Reid. We like the Patrick Mahomes throwing three straight touchdowns, and he wins the MVP because of it. We also like Tyron Matthew. We love him. He's a ball hawk. He's the safety. He will be all over the field. He will probably also get a sack and an interception in this game. That's what he is able to do. So Tyron Matthew, he will be the one picking off Tom Brady. Tyron Matthew to get an interception. Yes, that's what we're betting. Plus 300, folks. This man is fantastic. We're betting on Tyron Matthew. We love this man. All right, Patrick Mahomes, he will be the MVP of Super Bowl 55 because he wins the game. He throws three touchdowns. He doesn't throw any picks like Tom Brady does. And then to call the coin toss, folks, you know what? No, you know what? Do I have a quarter on me? Damn. Oh, yes, I do, folks. Here it is. We're doing our own coin toss. Let's kind of forget about this heads or tails. We're going to do a live coin toss. Unfortunately, our camera battery died, so you'll just have to believe me. Um... Can y'all hear this here? Is this ASMR? Can y'all hear this? It's coming through my headphones. I don't know if it's coming through there. That's me flicking this quarter. That's me blowing on the quarter and it's separating my breath. So it's making the noise. Y'all hear that or y'all hear me just blown in the mic. I have a quarter. I promise folks. So we're going to bet the coin toss on whatever we get and we'll let it hit the floor just like they do in real NFL. So we will be deciding the coin toss right here, right now. We will change it to heads if it is heads. We will keep it at tails if it is tails. Here we go. Our own coin toss here. We are flipping the coin right now. It had some interference. It just landed on me. We have to do it again. All right, here we go. We're doing the coin toss right now. It's tails. So you heard it here first, folks. It will be tails. The hat, the coin toss of Super Bowl 55 will be tails. We called it right before we even flipped it. We flipped it. We're still right. So we're still taking tails uh, for the official coin toss. So that's what we have we are betting on here for the Super Bowl. We are now, I don't even know when it's on, folks. It's 11.20 right now, Eastern Time, on Super Bowl Sunday. So we're going to get out of here. We got a lot of prep to do for ourselves, for our Super Bowl big old party that we're throwing. Um, 
<laughs> obviously kidding folks i know we're in a pandemic relax don't come at me in the comments please but either way enjoy your super bowl sunday we'll be breaking it down all on monday telling you where we were right hopefully we're right about everything tom brady has a big old duck game and um you know everything that we've been doing for the last five months you know pays off for something right um so thanks for tuning in thanks for watching make some money on those prop bets we told you those are the best bets that's how you make some money don't you want to make some money don't you want to be you know like those GameStop people who made 22 million dollars off fifty thousand dollars bet these props baby we're out of here folks thanks for tuning in thanks for watching enjoy your super bowl sunday folks you earn it you deserve it all righty folks